trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. Indeed, indeed, welcome to another week of the Topical Resort. I, as always, am your host, Viper, but we'll get into introductions in just a short bit. But as for now, compilations. Something we've all used many times, but not really something we've ever thought to stop and think about. Sure, we'll talk at nauseam about the games in the collections, but what about the collections themselves? When will they get their chance to shine? Well, that day is now. So, on today's episode of the Topical Resort, we'll be taking a look at Sega's back catalogue of collections, and we're going to start you off with actually my first collection, although it wasn't under this name, because UK and all that. So, from Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection, also known as Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Collection, here in the UK, this is the main theme, right here on the Topical Resort.
We might as well just stop trying now because it really doesn't get much better than that. Welcome back, or officially welcome to the Topical Resort. I, as always, am your host, Green Vaporate, and welcome back to another week here in the lovely, sunny, and also quite cold now resort. What you just heard there was from Sega Smash Pack Volume 1. That was the title theme. An absolute tune, and um, you know I have quite an affection for that song. That's partly because it was the theme of our very own Sega Rages, a Radio Sega live show that aired between... 2010 and uh, 2013. It was a very lovely live show, and that was obviously the theme for it, the very first song played on a Radio Sega live show ever. But it's also just a really nice song. I had my headphones turned up for that banging tune. And speaking of that, uh, speaking of banging tunes, before that was from Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection, also known as Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Collection here in the UK. That was the main theme, and as I mentioned before the uh, talk bed, that was probably the... I think that was probably the first collection I played, actually, off the top of my head. You know, I played, like, the virtual consoles before, but I think that was really the first full-blown full collection-slash-compilation I'd really played, because I got that game from my Xbox 360 originally, and I played a lot of Sonic... Sonic 1 was, I think, the one I played the most on that. And I played a bit of 3D Blast, I think, on there as well, and I also played some Bonanza Bros, because who doesn't love a good bit of old Bonanza Bros? And, uh, yeah... We got Jamie and me in the chat as normal, and we've also got Mikhail, who is currently uh, listening from his iPod Touch while playing some GT Sport, so hello to you, good sir. So yes, we, today we're going to be talking about Sega video game compilations, as I've already said. For those of you who don't really know what a video game compilation is, um, it's where you take a bunch of video games and put them onto one disc, and you know you have a few menus in there, you have a few unique songs to make it a bit different. And in that menu, you just select like the retro game you want to play, like say Sonic Maker Collection. You know, it's got it's got unique menus that let you select the game, but it's also got a few unique bits as well that are exclusive. Like it has some art menus, it has some um, extras that you can view. Yeah, but mainly the whole thing is about it. It compiles a bunch of games onto one disc. Which is actually really handy because there have been many times where I don't want to plug in an old console just to play an old game, but I can just plug in or I can just plug in a controller, put in the disc for a console I already have set up, and away we go. I did that actually quite a lot on the um, Xbox 360 because obviously the the original Xbox backwards compatibility is there. So you know I've got I've got an entire library of Xbox collections, an entire library of Xbox 360 collections, as well as that as well as the Xbox Live. Um, retro game service because there are quite a few retro Sega games on there. I think if I had to like say which collection I was most fond of, I think it would probably be the Sega 3D Classics collection because I really love that collection. Um, for those of you who don't know what Sega 3D Classics is, basically on the Nintendo eShop, which is uh, the digital game service for the 3DS, uh, Sega released a few ports. Or I say ports, they're not ports, but Sega released quite a few of their retro titles, except uh, these were done by M2, and they received several enhancements to the games, such as some had widescreen support, some had better sound, some had a bunch of new features, and um, yeah, they were very well done enhanced ports of the games. And then they went, well, let's press these all onto a physical cartridge, and they made three of those collections in Japan. Um, I actually can't remember. Let's look up the name of it quickly. Uh, I, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, and uh, there is a very highly likely chance that uh, if I pronounce this wrong, this will become an explicit rated episode. <laughs> so this is the Sega Foco. I'm going to say Fukoku. Fukoku. Yeah. 
this is the Sega Fukoku Archives series, and uh, there were three of them, and each of them contained a bunch of different retro Sega games, which all enhanced for the 3DS, and many different uh, improvements over the originals. And um, later on, they decided, hey, we're going to bring this, uh, we're going to bring this cool, these cool games to the West, and they did. And we got the Sega 3D Classics Collection, which is the one I was talking about, and I now have in my hand. This is actually the set, the uh, second of the Fukoku Archive games. And it contains Altered Beast, Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo 2, Power Drift, Fantasy Zone 2, Thunderblade, Galaxy Force, and also the original Fantasy Zone as an unlockable secret. Yeah, I think that's probably my favourite collection, just because of how much it really adds to the source material. Because a lot of collections, they leave the games the same, but they sort of mess with the menus a bit. This game, everything changes, and the enhancements are so nice, it's like the definitive way to play some of these games. You can't go back to the arcade versions after playing. This collection, unfortunately, it's a slight bit rare here in Europe because it was only, oh, it was released six months after the American version for some reason, and it was only released in Argos stores. And um, Argos is slowly fading away now, as some of you in the UK might know, because it's, it's a department store where you basically um, look for a catalogue, uh, you put your order number, or you send, you go up to the desk, you give them your order number, and they will collect the item for you. There's a slight issue, however, because this system should have worked well, but it did not work well because no Argoses received the game. For example, my local Argos only ever received one copy of the game, and that, ironically, that store is now shut down. So, uh, yeah, g good job, guys, on giving this to a European market. Well done. GG. Um, we've also got a few messages here in the chat. Um... Uh, Jamie said Bonanza Bros sucked, which you're completely wrong because I love Bonanza Bros. And Jamie says the 360 backwards compatibility sucked. Actually, yeah, the 360 backwards compatibility did suck because they they abandoned it after like three years. You know, they were working on it and they got some games working properly, like they got the Sonic games working properly, and they got a few other Sega games like Jet Set Radio Future working properly. Then they just went, okay, we're not going to work on this anymore, and then bang. <laughs> They just abandoned the project. <laughs> they never did anything more of it, so that's why like, half the games on there barely even function or are glitchy, and then some games aren't even compatible because they just gave up. But like all the games that I want to play work just fine, like all the Sega stuff works fine, so I can still play all the Sega collections if I want to. I have that option available to me. Anyway, I have been talking for long enough now. It is time to get back into some more music, and speaking of Sega 3D Classics, we're going to be kicking off this talk bit, uh, this talk bit, this song break with the attract mode from said game. So, you're listening to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7, and this is the Topical Resort, playing you the best of Sega's compilation games, or at least their original music. Anyway, enjoy. Go for number one!
Resort, only on Radio Sega. Sorry, no, I wasn't snoozing there. I was just uh, attempting to post some pictures in the chat, and I, uh, that track was three minutes long. But for some reason, it felt a lot shorter than that. I sort of, um, I sort of just sort of thrown a bit off guard. I was like, there must be more of this track left, right? Oh, oh, no, there isn't. But anyway, welcome back to Topical Resort. Uh, we are playing you the music of Sega's compilation games. And for those of you who don't know what compilation games are, I've already explained it. But a compilation game is where you take multiple retro games and put them onto one disc and slap a few new menus in there to make it look a bit unique and basically trick people into buying the same games for £30. Yes, but anyway, what you just heard there was from Sonic Mega Collection, also also on other platforms was known as Sonic Mega Collection Plus. 
That was the opening demo, uh, a track which I absolutely loved. Now, the game has some great music, and we'll actually be playing a bit in just a second. But, uh, yeah, really do enjoy the music from that game. And before that was from, um, as the collection I cited as my favourite, the Sega 3D Classics collection, that was the Attract Mode, uh, which is the same thing as an opening demo. It plays when you um, sit idly on the title screen for a mi few minutes. And I really like I really like all the original music from that game because the credits music is like a remix of Like the Wind um, from the awesome thing of me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, it's caught off guard by Twitter. Um, yeah, what was I saying? <laughs> you know, I there was a uh, unique music or there was a unique remix of Like the Wind for the credits theme in that game. And that was awesome. I love that, but anyway, it's time to stop rambling about Sega 3D Classics once again, and it is time <laughs> to talk history. In fact, hasty history. Yes, the return of this segment. This is where I go through the history of a Sega game, Sega franchise, or anything relating to the topic of the episode, and I'll do it as quickly as possible, because I don't want to bore you. And today we have two collections, which we will be taking a look into the history of. And um, we're obviously going to start off with Sega Smash Pack. Uh, you might think, oh, that was so obvious because, oh, that was so obvious because the Sega Smash Pack is like you know the go-to collection and all that stuff. But um, I think the Sega, Sega Smash Pack has some really interesting history and facts surrounding it, which is why I picked it for the first game we're going to be talking about today. So more specifically, we're talking about the Dreamcast version because I find the Dreamcast version fascinating. Uh, so, Sega Smash Pack for the Dreamcast was first released on the 31st of January 2001, but strangely it was only released within the US. Um, I don't think a reason has ever been given for this, which is weird considering the Dreamcast was its most dead in the US. It probably would have done better in, um, Amer in Europe and Japan, but I don't know why they chose against it. Who knows? Uh, so, it was titled Volume 1. What was interesting is more volumes never came out. Um, there is a good reason for this, um, which we will also be getting to in just a second. Um, however, the game was critically panned due to poor video and sound emulation. There are videos like um, showing off the sound emulation in some games. Some crazy people claim it's better. Like I don't know what this is. <laughs> um, I watched a video where they played um, Go Straight from Street Rage 2. And it sounded awful, like, really bad. <laughs> the sound emulation just didn't work, basically. And it sounded high pitch. Some sounds didn't play at all because of poor emulation. But there are people who claim that somehow those versions are better. The versions which lacking and don't have the, like, correct sound emulation. I don't know why. Um, what's interesting is that the game contained Virtual Cop 2. Which was actually the only way to get the Dreamcast version in the US because there was a separate release in Japan, but US didn't get that separate release. And it also contained Sega Swirl, which was a game which could previously only be obtained for the Dreamcast through demo discs. I actually have the demo disc. Or having it packed in with your Dreamcast console, which was incredibly rare. Um, Sega Smash Pack has become infamous due to a text file I think we all knew was coming up. This text file is known as echelon.txt. This text file was intended for the hacking slash piracy group Echelon, telling them how to reverse engineer the emulator. 
Within days, they had released their own disc image of a Genesis emulator, which used the Sega Smash Pack emulator. And also, um, this textile actually contained evidence, or like, it was one of the first pieces of evidence to suggest that Sega was dropping out the console industry, which also suggests why A Volume 2 never came. Uh, which, uh, in partly, I'm thankful for, because I wouldn't want them but butchering the sound and video of more Mega Drive games, but on the other hand, can you imagine what the title screen music would have been like if we have Volume 1? And then it would have been better in Volume 2. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? In all seriousness, no, I really I really want to find out who actually um who actually composed um the title theme for Sega Smash Pack Volume 1. Because I think it's just such a fantastic theme, and I still can't find who's done it to this day. I would like to contact them and maybe, you know, buy them a coffee and give them a pat on the back. Yep, but now it's time to get into our second game that we're going to be talking about right now. So I'm going to be talking about Sonic Jam, because we're not going to really be talking about Sonic Jam much, aside from um, this little segment here. So I thought we'd give it a bit of a spotlight. So the game was first released in Japan on the 20th of June 1997. Unlike most collections, the titles in this game aren't actually emulated, but have been properly ported to the Saturn. And this also brings in positive, which was the game was praised by PAL, audi PAL audiences for having proper 50Hz support, unlike the Mega Drive versions, which had little to no optimization. Sound was the o sound was like the only thing to be optimized, and that was only started in Sonic 3. Sonic 1 and 2 have no sound or video optimization for 50Hz, meaning the games run slower. In fact, painfully slower. It's quite difficult to play at some points. <laughs> Um, the games also had new difficulty modes, which changed a few things from the original Mega Drive releases, such as, I believe it added a spin dash and a few obstacles were changed. Not really too much. Uh, Sonic 1 actually runs on the, on the Japan revision of the game, it doesn't run on the original revision, which means a few things are added, like new graphical effects. Uh, new graphical effects, which are, Sonic does a skid animation, or like, there's dust coming out when Sonic does the skid animation, sorry. Um, and Jamie rightfully pointed this out, the game received a port for the Tiger Gamecom, which is infamous for its incredibly low quality, poor sound, minimal gameplay and basic visuals. The titles in this game are scaled down versions of the Mega Drive games that barely resemble the classics. For example, Sonic, Th Sonic 1 isn't even in that collection. Sonic 3, every stage is Angel Island Zone, <laughs> and at that, an incredibly poor version of Angel Island Zone that runs at about 2 frames a second. Oh dear. Yeah, no, no one really thought that one through, did they? <laughs> I, I wouldn't find the person who said, Yeah, Sonic Jam on the Gamecom, that, that's a good idea. You know, like, Time Machine and all that, and just... Question them. Yeah, we'll go question them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't harm them in any way, whatsoever. Of course, I'm joking. I'm joking. Anyway, it's now time for the Request Resort. And for those who don't know what the Request Resort is, it's where you can send in music relating to the topic of the episode. And you can do that through many different places. You can do that through Twitter at Radio Sega at Topical Resort or at The Green Vibrate. You can send it to us on Discord, radiose.ga4/discord. You can send it to us on Facebook at Radio Sega. You can send it to us or you can send it to me in an email, topicalresort.gmail.com, or you can send it to me on a private message on the forums. I am Green Vibrate over there. Um, I will be posting a list of all the games available 
for the request result in just a second. As soon as I can actually um, get the web page up. There probably are a few more games that I could put on there, but I was trying to think of them off the top of my head. Because I mentioned it while I was writing, but there isn't really a definitive list anywhere. Because no, I don't think anyone is as crazy as me and wants to archive all Sega collections. So with that in mind, um, here is the screenshot. Um, okay, so Jamie has given a bit more explanation as to what the Japanese version changes. He said the graphical effects added in the Japanese version of Sonic 1 also included wavy water and animated backgrounds, such as the moving sky in Green Hill. It also took out the spike bug. This revision was used was also used in Sonic Gem or Sonic Mega Collections. I don't know about other collections after that. Interesting. But yeah, here is the image or the golden image that you want because this will tell you everything that you can request in a nice handy list. So, you know, pick a game from there that you like, and from there, pick a song that you would like to hear, and I'll get it on for you immediately, because, or well, as immediately as I'll get it on in a few minutes, gets. So, let's, um, quickly check this out right here. Okay, so... We're going to get on with the request result right now. You can still actually send in. You can still actually send in requests during the talk or during the. I keep saying talk bed. You can send in requests for music during the song break, and I will, you know, still be able to get them on. But for now, we're going to start you off with a track from the Sega Saturn Bootleg Sampler 2. Despite what it says, it's not actually a bootleg. It was officially made by Sega. It went by quite a few different names actually, there's like three different names and they're all the same disc, but Sega Saturn Bootleg Sampler 2 sounds cool, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna play you that. So as requested by Electric Boogaloo, this was the Attract Mode from the Bootleg Sampler 2, right here on the Top Resort. Request Resorts
and welcome back to the Top Resort right here on Radio Sega. Unfortunately, I was trying to line up a request there, but it didn't seem to work out in my favour because I actually can't find it, despite the fact that I know I have it. So, <laughs> what's going on there? Um, yeah, so, what we just played you was from Sonic Mega Collection. That was the main menu theme. I absolutely adore that theme, and that was requested by myself. As you know, I used that as a talk bed back on the Dreamcast hour, even though that track has nothing to do with the Dreamcast because I like it that much. Speaking of tracks I like, before that was the Sonic Jam. It was, was from Sonic Jam. That was the Inside Building theme, which Jamie didn't seem to like because apparently it's a bad remix of Sonic 3's Data Select Screen. Which I disagree because I, I, I don't like how it sounds. It sounds a bit shrill in some places, but I like what it's going for. Like the calm, relaxed vibes. Like our background right now. Yeah, but aside from that, that was requested, uh, or semi requested by Doan. In that Doan said she likes Sonic Jam's music, and um, I put two and two together and put a Sonic Jam track in there. For that was a request from Jamie64326, aka Mr. Rexy Wonderfan, aka something else. I've lost count of how many usernames he has at this point, and plus I've stopped caring. So <laughs> that was from Tomb Raider, that was the main theme. He assures me that it was from a, it appeared at least in one Sega collection. If it didn't appear in one Sega collection, we're through, Jamie. Of course I'm joking. Because before that was a request from Electric Boogaloo. That was the Sega 3D Classics Collection menu theme. I love that track. And the extras menu is actually a uh, Master System remix of that track, which is awesome. Because <laughs> the main menu theme is a Sega Mega Drive. Um, oh, it's... So that was done on the Sega Mega Drive sound chip, the main menu theme from that game. And then the extras menu is a Master System remix of that song, which is ah, oh, that's so awesome. I don't know, I don't know why that pleases me as much as it does. That we started on a block where there with a track from the Sega Saturn Bootleg Sampler 2. That was the Attract Mode, which is a lovely song. It's one of those songs which I've accidentally got stuck in my head and I actually can't get out of my head. It's quite rhyming. Please help me. Yeah, but anyway, it is now time for Viper rambles about absolutely nothing for a few minutes while he tries to fill some time. Um, speaking of filling time, someone's posted on the forum. Um, sure. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting distracted again. Um, yeah, so basically I talk about all the games that are on the request resort list and I give my opinion on them. So, we're starting off with a game I don't really know much about, Six Pack. I don't know anything about this really, except for it was a Sega Genesis collection. And I say Genesis because it was only released in the US. At least as far as I know, it might have been released in the UK under a different name. And um, it compiled six games, which I can't remember off the top of my head, except I think one of them was Altered Beast. <laughs> the Mega Drive collections were never the best, because they always like crunched down stuff to fit it onto the cartridge. And um, it was bad enough on the Sonic collections where you had like three games on one cartridge, but this is six games on one cartridge, so that's <laughs> that's not the best. Um, aside from that, we have Crazy Taxi Fair Wars, a game which I actually quite enjoyed, but it did the uh, it did the lovely thing they did it from two thousand from about two thousand three onwards for Crazy Taxi, where they replaced the soundtrack. So all the lovely banging tunes from the original Crazy Taxi aren't there and have in, been, instead been replaced with royalty-free music. By royalty-free music, I mean <laughs> they lost the license for the old music so they had to make new music. 
Some of the music on Crazy Taxi Fair Wars is actually quite quite nice. The one that everyone always points at is Orange Wednesday. But, um, yeah, that's probably my favourite as well. I don't particularly like many of the other tracks from that game. But it is a good collection, and it also does the thing that other Crazy Taxi games did, which was removing the branding from Pizza Hut and KFC. But aside from that, it is a very good port of the first two games. I don't really care much for the second, but I like the first, so check out the old... Um, you know, probably check out the originals first, but if you want a good solution for Crazy Taxi on the go, you can't really go wrong with Crazy Taxi Fair Wars. Dreamcast Collection. I have interesting things to say about this collection. Um, the games on it are good. The collection itself is not very good. Uh, the games on it are Sonic Adventure, Space Channel 5, Sega Bass Fishing, and Crazy Taxi once again. That makes another appearance. Um, the ports are fine, like, they're not, they're nothing to write home about, like, Sonic Adventure is in 4x3 when it could have easily been made in 16x9, um, it also has a few issues with, uh, screen tearing, which is lovely, on top of that, you also have, um, Space Channel 5 has input lag, Crazy Taxi has stretched widescreen, as in, it automatically stretches the 4x3 resolution to 16x9 no matter your TV settings. And Sega Bass Fishing I haven't touched because why would you play Sega Bass Fishing without the Sega Bass Fishing controller? That's like the whole fun of Sega Bass Fishing is using the crazy rod peripheral because it's so much fun. And you sort of taken that away so I didn't really even touch that part of it. But And also on top of that the, the disc itself is lazy, it's a menu of no music and a few like graphical icons. It doesn't have like any, as I said, doesn't have any music, really doesn't have that much of a GUI, GUI? A menu, I mean. It doesn't really have that much of a menu in that you boot up the game, and it boots you to four static icons of the games you can select. Still no music when you hover over a game. You click one, it takes ages to load, and that's it. <laughs> All of these games were actually released individually on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, as well as Steam. And I'd recommend just getting them there, because the issue with the Dreamcast Collection is it has massive load times for some reason. I don't know why. It's probably because the disc is so empty. And a little trick that developers use is to completely fill the disc. So uh, it actually reads quicker. But I don't think Sega actually did that because it loads incredibly slowly for almost 10 year old games at that point. So I, I don't know what happened there, honestly. <laughs> Bit odd, but there we go. Uh, Dream On. This was a. Dreamcast demo disc, and after a bit of after a bit of debate, me and Electric Boogaloo, who I think is currently listening but isn't in the chat, uh, Electric Boogaloo decided that, um, or me and Electric Boogaloo decided that we should probably include demo discs as well as the Sega Channel since they both compile demos and games, or since demo discs compile demos onto one disc, that's technically a compilation, and since the Sega Channel compiled all games onto one uh, cartridge that's technically a compilation as well so we decided after a bit of debate to include them so dream on um nothing really to write home about there were never any like fantastic demos in dream on the only things that were really worth like looking at was sega swirl which was uh sega swirl i've already talked about a bit it was a puzzle game for the dreamcast and it was also on windows pc um, yeah, it's an okay game. It's it looks pretty shovelwary, but it's quite fun. 
yeah, that that was like one of the only good things to come out on Dream On, and the other good thing was um, Toy Commander Christmas version. I can't remember the actual name of it, but there was a Christmas version or a Christmas demo of Toy Commander on one of the Dream On discs, and I actually talked about that back on the Dreamcast. That was Christmas special, so go ahead and listen to that if you want to hear a bit more about that. Fantasy Star Collection for the GBA. Don't really know too much about it, except it has some nice menu music, which we'll actually be playing in a bit. Same with Fantasy Star Collection for the Saturn. Do not really know too much about it. I'm sure our resident Fantasy Star fan in the chat room will be able to help us out here. Um, Sega 3D Classics Collection, all volumes. Very fantastic ports, as I've already mentioned. I'm not going to ramble on about them anymore. Sega Ages, all volumes. These were enhanced versions. Or, much like... Um, what was I going to talk about? Much like Sega Smash Pack, in a sense, in that it was released on multiple consoles. This bra- this this branch slash brand. Uh, Sega Ages was enhanced ports, much like Sega 3D Classics, of previous arcade Sega games, mostly 80s and 90s games. It started off on the Saturn, and then it was later port or it was later carried on on the PS2. And I think there was a few of them on the Dreamcast. I honestly cannot remember off the top of my head. Perhaps someone could correct me on that. But yeah, they're pretty good ports, actually. I'd recommend you check them out because they are... Especially the Saturn ones. Like, the Saturn version of Fancy Zone was quite good, I remember. But yeah, I'd recommend checking them out. Uh, Sega Arcade Gallery. I don't know too much about this, except... I don't think the emulation was particularly good on this one. Maybe give this one a miss and play the originals instead. Sega Channel. This was a cable service where, for like $10 a month, or I think it might have been more, it might, yeah, it probably was more, for whatever a month, you could um, sign up for a subscription service where you could get like as many Sega games as the service allowed for. Um, this was an interesting concept. This was like the very early days of, um, you know, Xbox Live Store, PS Store, eShop, all that sort of stuff, a very early games on demand service. Or more like PS Now, and more like um, whatever the Xbox Xbox Live Pass. Yeah, more like more like that. In that you're more so renting the games rather than getting them forever digitally because you're signing up for a rental service. Um, a fun fact about the Sega Channel: it was actually tested in the town I live in, and I actually plan on doing an episode on the Sega Channel and the exclusive games it brought with it. So I'm going to say that a bit more for then. But yeah, it was actually tested in the town I live in. Or at least the UK version was, which is very cool in my opinion. You know, a little bit of Sega history happened in my small, humble abode. Except now it's actually a city. But uh, that probably gave it away which town it was, but oh well. Um, <laughs> up next is the Sega Classics Arcade Collection. Um, remind me what this is, because I don't remember. Uh, Sega Classics Arcade... Oh, this was the Mega CD game! Yeah, I remember this. Uh, it was a few quote-unquote enhanced ports of Sega games for the Sega CD. And also, Electric Boogaloo has just joined the chat. Hey, what's up, Electric Boogaloo? How are you doing today? Um, they were semi-enhanced ports for the Mega CD of Mega Drive games. I say semi-enhanced, they weren't really that much enhanced. Sega Flash. This was a Sega Saturn... Um, uh, what did I call it? A Sega Saturn demo disc. Um, don't really know too much about them, honestly. I included them for the sake of having more music. Likewise with Sega Forever, I don't actually know if there's any original tracks in Sega Forever. But as you don't know what Sega Forever is, it's a recently launched um, campaign 
which is bringing um, mobile versions of classic Sega games to, or bringing versions of classic Sega games to mobile. And they've been focusing on a lot of Mega Drive titles in particular. And I include this on the list because I didn't know whether it was like any unique menu music. So I thought there might have been, but I don't think there is. But I included it anyway. Sega Genesis Collection. This was a PS2 slash PSP collection. It was pretty okay. Actually, this was my first PSP game, and I got it sealed for a grand total of a pound. Aside from that, the game selection was okay. Slightly weak. Let's let's grab it quickly and have a look at the game collection. Um, so we have Son of the Hedgehog, Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4, Echo the Dolphin, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. Oh, no. No! <laughs> um, Bonanza Bros, love Bonanza Bros. Kid Chameleon, pretty good. Flicky, love Flicky. Game Ground, don't really know too much about Game Ground. Super Thunderblade, pretty good. Sort of a million, pretty good. Vectorman 1 and 2, many more, which include Comic Zone, Ristar, Echo the Dolphin, um, Altered Beast, Golden Axe, Virtual Fighter 2, and Columns. Yes, interesting. Um, Retro Gamer gave this a 96% somehow. It's it's a collection. I don't get how that gets 96%. It wasn't even that good of a collection. But there we go. Um, maybe pick that one up. I don't know too much about the PS2 port. Maybe that was a bit better. Uh, Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Collection. Uh, I've mentioned this. This is this was my first port. This was my first collection ever. Or at least my first collection I can remember. I don't think I had any before this. Um, it was... A, it was sort of the same shtick as um, the Sega Mega Drive collection, except it was Ultimate. But no, it, it was a collection for the PS3 and Xbox 360 that had roughly the same games, except it had a few more. I had a few arcade and Master System titles, like Fancy Zone was on there, which I, I like Fancy Zone in, in case you can't tell for some reason, because they're banging on about it sometimes. Um, yeah, this is actually quite a good collection because it has. One thing I really appreciate is it has proper 4x3 support. You have no idea how many collections I play that don't have proper 4x3 support, and this does. And on top of that, it actually has borders. Like, <laughs> it has borders for 4x3. Like, for individual games, the border changes, which is so nice. Because that is something that all collections should have a unique border for every game that isn't just a black background. So, yeah, really like the Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Collection. I'd highly recommend you pick up a copy. And it's one of those like stylist collections, like Sonic Mega Collection, in that it has an aesthetic it's going for. It's not just going for, okay, we're going to slap the games into a collection like the Sega Mega Drive collection does. No, it has aesthetic to it. It is awesome. Um, Sega Screams, all volumes. This was also another Dreamcast demo disc. Uh, this was a Saturn demo disc. I can't speak today. I apologize. Let me take a drink. Yeah, this was a Saturn demo disc, which was actually pretty much the same as Sega Flash. And I don't really know too much about it, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. We're going to bundle all these three into one. Sega Smash Pack Dreamcast, Sega Smash Pack GBA, and Sega Smash Pack PC. Dreamcast version, I've already mentioned the issues with that. Bad emulation and <laughs> piracy. <laughs> and, uh, the GBA version, same shtick. Bad emulation, bad, even worse, sound emulation. And saying Smash Rack for the PC, I bad emulation. 
<laughs> that seems to be a common theme among the Sega Smash Pack games. Very poor emulation of basic titles. Sonic Classic Collection. Um, this was probably my second collection, actually. I have a lot of experience with Sonic Classic Collection. It's the only, um, it's the only DS game that I kept from when I, from when I originally had the console. Like, I sold all my DS games except for Sonic Classic Collection. That is the only original DS game I still have. I still remember vividly going to buy that and how excited I was. I'm, I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, but I played a lot of that demo. And I played a lot of the classics, actually. And I think that was what really introduced me to the classics, because I had them before that. Like, I had them on the Wii Virtual Console, and I had them on the Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Collection. But now I had them portably, and that was an incentive to actually play them. So, yeah, um, the issue with Sonic Classic Collection was there were, like, a few um, sound issues. And um, I mentioned this on the Sega 2010 games episode. Um, it used... It uses a homebrew DS emulator. Um, so somebody made a homebrew DS emulator and then they were contracted to make Sega or Sonic Classic Collection. And ironically, they they used a glitch um, in the emulator, which meant that um, the ROMs could actually be played on anything except that unique version of the emulator. So you couldn't just boot them up in Kaver or something, which is awesome. <laughs> because that sounds really cool. They have like a self-destruct switch that means they don't work when they're playing through normal emulators, that's quite cool to me, sorry, um, it's pretty nerdy. <laughs> Sega Vintage Collection, this was a line of, um, this was a line of ports released for the PS3 and Xbox 360, in particular Sega Vintage Collection was more of an Xbox 360 thing, because they would bundle like three different Mega Drive games into one package, whereas in the PS3 they would put them all individually, so like, one of the packages was uh, Revenge of Shinobi, Super Hang-On, and something else. I don't remember what it was. But on PS3 they were all separate games that you could buy individually. But on Xbox 360 they were all in one package. So the Sega Vintage Collection was more of a Xbox 360 than PS3 thing, but it still did exist on PS3. Uh, Sonic Compilation, this was a Mega Drive compilation. Uh, it was okay. It's also the same issues as Six Pack, because it runs on the same software as Six Pack. In that um, emulation, so it's not really emulation because it's running on original hardware. But um, they had to like crunch down on stuff to save space, so maybe give that one a skip and play the originals. So that Gems Collection, great collection, love it. Um, it. It at the time ported a bunch of obscure Sonic games onto a console which everyone had, the GameCube and also the PS2. Because no one really had Sonic R, no one really had Sonic CD, unlike nowadays where everyone has Sonic CD. And uh, no one really had Sonic the Fighters, but nowadays everyone has Sonic the Fighters as well. So it was sort of like gems, isn't it? they were hidden gems, no one really knew about them, but they were awesome games. All packaged onto one compilation, which was awesome, and it, on, on, to boot it was also a really good collection. With the original stuff it did, and not just the games it put on there, so highly recommend you check out Gems Collection. Sonic Jam, a very um, good collection because it took so much attention to detail, really. Also, the Sonic World portion is awesome, which is a original game where you run around this sort of, like, not open world. That, <laughs> that's, that's stretching it quite far. Um, this, like, you run around this Sonic environment and you perform basic missions. Um, I'm talking about this because I've already talked about the main collection itself. What's interesting is that the Sonic World portion actually runs on the Nights into Dreams engine and was developed after Sonic Extreme was canned 
because Sonic Extreme wasn't allowed to use the Knights engine, but Sonic Jam was, so that's the story of that. It's a pretty fun collection, I'd recommend you pick it up. And Sonic Mega Collection, I'm going to pretty much say the same things about Sonic, uh, they said about Sonic Gems Collection. Very solid port, so much attention to detail on uh, the menus and the unique content. Very good collection, I'd recommend you pick it up. So there we go, that was all the games I can talk about right now. Um, Electric Boogaloo has linked me to some stuff. Uh, he says, the main menu in Sega 3D Classics Collection uses the System 16's YM2151, not the Genesis sound hardware. Yeah, I did get that confused. I knew that, but I was just <laughs> I was just being a bit of an idiot. Um, and the games in the Sega Genesis 6-pack are Sonic the Hedgehog, Streets of Rage, The Revenge of Shinobi, Super Hang On, Columns, and Golden Axe. I was wrong. I was actually wrong. Um, Altered Beast isn't in the collection. That's another thing I got wrong. And Electric Boogaloo has also pointed out that there was an official Mega Drive emulator, not the Sega Smash Pack one, but an official Mega Drive emulator for the Dreamcast. I actually burnt that on a Dreamcast, and I talked about it on the Dreamcast Hour. Um, <laughs> I have an interesting video on my Twitter that I'll need to find, which is uh, me glitching out Sonic 3, and um, everything, <laughs> everything went purple. Um, it was actually quite a good port from what, or a, quite a good uh, compilation from what I remember, but it's not official, so I didn't include it. Well, it's not official as in it wasn't released. Um, and Electric Boogaloo has also confirmed that Tomb Raider was in Sega Flash Volume 3. Um, Duran says, oh, is that thing you find in Christmas Nights? If you mean Sonic World, no, that is the um, unique portion in Sonic Jam. So, the Sonic thing in Christmas Nights is called Sonic Into Dreams. Fun fact, I have a copy of Christmas Nights right next to me because I was playing it a little while ago. Because because it's Winter Nights. It's not Christmas Nights at the moment. We're in Winter Nights mode right now. So uh, you can't judge me yet. I'm not one of those people who celebrates Christmas in November. I'm not crazy. Anyway, one, as usual, I've been rambling on for way too long. I've been talking for 20 minutes. That's slightly worrying. We're going to play you some more music. So we're going to start you off with a track from Sega Vintage Collection. This is the title screen, or perhaps some of you who haven't played this collection, you might better know this as the main menu music from the Sonic 1 and 2 mobile ports. So, you're listening to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega, and this is the music of Sega's compilation games. Enjoy.
Topical Thesis. And welcome back once again to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega, what you just heard there. That's from the Fancy Star Collection on the GBA, that was Fancy Star 1, 2 and 3, sweet. And before that, from Sega Vintage Collection, that was the title screen, which some of you might know better as the menu theme from Sonic 1 and 2's 2013 remakes. Sorry, uh, once again I was a bit, <laughs> bit all over the place during that talk about because, um... Electric Boogaloo just linked me to the person who actually made the Sega Smash Bros. Volume 1 music, and um, it turns out he's a massive Sega fan, with Knights, Rez, and Sonic CD being his favourite games. It seems we have a lot in common then, because they are also all my favourite games, and he composes some great music, so yeah, would really like to buy him a coffee now. If you're out there somewhere, please get, get in contact with me. I'd re- <laughs> we'd really love to have a chat with you here at Radio Sega, perhaps, perhaps you know, Casey could line up an interview that I would like very much. But now it is time for our topical thesis, and our topical thesis is where I take an opinion that I've come up with or I've heard from around the Sega community, and I give my spin on it. I give three points for, three points against, and then I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or I disagree with the statement. So uh, today's going to work a bit differently, however, because there's not going to be three points for and three points against. But you'll find out what it will be as soon as I tell you the thesis. And I accidentally posted this on Twitter about 10 minutes ago because I forgot to schedule it. So um, you've probably already seen this if you're keeping an eye on the Twitter feed. By the way, if you're not, RadioSC.GF at Radio Sega. But, you know, you can join the RadioSC.GF forward slash Discord if you want to. Yeah, at Radio Sega, you know, send us some tweets if you don't want to join our Discord server. And we'll be right on it. And, you know, we'll hopefully respond. We'll allow you to. We're feeling generous today. But today's topical thesis is Did Virtual Console slash Retro Games on Demand Services replace collections? So instead of three points for and three points against, we're going to be saying why they did replace um, collections and why they didn't replace collections. So why don't we get started on that right away? So our first point as for why they did is because Retro Games on Demand Services make users buy individual games and therefore companies can charge more money for overall games. Typical scummy company move. Oh, we can charge more money using this new method. Let's go right ahead, let's do it right now, go go go! (laughs) Yeah, but they can, you know, they can charge you £4 a game, and that's normally the going rate of a game on, um, I know that was the going rate on the Wii Virtual Console, and I'm pretty sure that is on PS3 and Xbox 360, because PS4 doesn't really have any virtual console games on it. Yeah, they can charge you more because if you want to buy tons of games, you got to buy them all individually for four pound. Ha ha ha! Instead of buying a one thirty pound disc that buys you a ton of games. Um, many companies in gaming want to be purely digital, and collections only really work physically. And games on demand service work better digitally. Digital collections don't really exist in that. It makes more sense just to sell the games individually if you're just going to play them off your hard drive because you've already got that front-end menu there anyway to select the game, so you don't really need a front-end menu from the game itself. It also doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why would you buy? Why would you buy one massive game digitally when you can buy a bunch of smaller dig- smaller games digitally? It doesn't make any sense. That's why collections only really work physically, and therefore um, companies want to kill off physical. So that's why they're killing off collections. And um, it's more convenient for the user to buy the odd game they may enjoy, rather than buy multiple discs full of games they will never touch. 
you know, sometimes, there's <laughs> many times in a Sega fan's life when they just want to play a copy of Sonic 3 Knuckles. All they have to do is go onto Xbox Live, hit buy on Sonic 3, and I had to hit buy on Sonic 3 Knuckles because I didn't think it would be a good idea to lock them on. <laughs> That's all I need to do. That's all I need to do to buy a copy of Sonic 3 Knuckles nowadays. Compared to... Hmm, okay, so let's research... Hmm. What collection has Sonic 3 Knuckles on it? Oh, Sonic Mega Collection has it. How much does Sonic Mega Collection cost? £30. Hmm, do I want to pay £30 for a game that I'm not going to play? Or for multiple games that I'm not going to play? Is that really worth it to me? No. And most people, that is not worth it, and it's just more convenient to buy the odd game, and that's why companies have shifted towards that, because conveniency. Perhaps they don't want to uh, nickel and dime the the player, but instead they want to help them out. Here is why they didn't replace um, collection games. Although uncommon, oh, yeah, although uncommon game collections do still exist, such as the release recently released Atari collections. <laughs> I had to stretch quite far to actually find a collection that was released within this generation because I really cannot think of any collections that were released for the PS4 and Xbox One except for the Atari collections. So that's why I used them as the example because. The they really don't exist on the new generation. Then again, retro games don't exist on the new generation. There's no, like, retro games on demand service like there has been on previous generations. So perhaps both are dying out. Who knows? Um, I actually can't see where I was. Uh, game compilations are centred around retro games, and the people who play retro games prefer physical media, which keeps collection alive. You see it quite a lot, whenever a game's digital only, people sort of revolt because, you know, they grew up when I had cartridges and they had manuals. <laughs> Be lucky you had manuals, people, because you, you don't know what it's like without them. Um, yeah, most people tend to prefer physical because I can have something that I can look at in my hands. Look, this copy of Sega 3D Classics that you can't see because this is a radio broadcast. Look, it's in my hands. This copy of Christmas Nights that's for some reason on my desk. Look, it's in my hands. This copy of Sega Mega Drive Collection, it's in my hands. That copy of uh, Cuphead on Steam, that's not in my hands. That copy of Sonic Mania, it could be in my hands if I bought the collector's edition. But there's no game case, there's no manual, there's no disc, there's no cartridge if you're on the Switch. It's just a box which contains collectibles relating to the game. You know, I can't hold a copy of Sonic Mania or put it on my shelf. And retro game fans prefer having something to put on their shelf rather than having something to put on a digital shelf, or a metaphorical shelf, shall we say. And uh, finally, game, co game compilations have grounded to a halt in the most recent generation due to how many companies made them in the 6th and 7th and generation, but they will more than likely come back around when people have stopped being burnt out on the games and the collections. 6th and 7th gen had so many collections as we've been through throughout this show, and they all contain the same games. Like, how many collections contain Sonic 1 during the GameCube, Dreamcast, um, PS2, and Xbox era, and the Xbox 360 and PS3 era? There were so many. It is like, I don't want to buy a copy of Sonic 4. Uh, Sonic. No. <laughs> I don't want to buy a copy of Sonic 1 on, on, on PS4 slash Xbox One. I already have it on seven different consoles, but in the future. You know, people want another copy of Sonic 1, because it's like, it's been 10 years since you released a version of Sonic 1 Sega. I, I want a new one for my Xbox 7, you know. <laughs> it's just a possibility at the end of the day. So, uh, my conclusion. Game compilations are a nice thing to have. 
They're convenient as they allow you to play a pre-existing library of games on a newer console, and it also means that you don't have to drag out old consoles every time you want to play specific games. Virtual Console on the other hand. Virtual Console is more convenient as it has the same purpose as a compilation, except it allows you to buy the games individually as separate titles. And the digital aspect is also more convenient as it saves you putting in the disc and putting in a different library of games every single time you want to play something different. So, um, I, I lost where I was. <laughs> so, I love both concepts, and although more convenient as it has... Uh, 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 I love both concepts, and although I prefer physical media where possible, I'm really a tie for this one. Both have their advantages and disadvantages in this case, but both can also still coexist. So, I would say no, Virtual Console hasn't replaced collections, and as for which one is better, I'm at a complete tie. So what do you think? What, do you, what is your opinion on this opinion? You have many different places that you can get in your opinion on this opinion. Get it in through Twitter at Radio Sega, at Topka Resort, at The Green Vibrate. You can get it in through Discord, RadioSE.GF4/Discord. You can get it in through Facebook, at Radio Sega. You can get it in through a email, at gmail.com, Or you can get it in through Radio Sega private message, I'm Green Vibrate, over on the forums. Just shoot me a message and I will respond to you. So with that in mind, let's have a quick look at what the Discord's doing, but we really need to move on. Uh, that is a good point. Electric Glue has brought up the Namco Museum, which was released for the Switch, I believe it was? Yeah, it was. The Namco Museum on the Switch. Um, we got a few other bits and pieces in the chat room, but not really any um, responses to the question. And same with Twitter, actually. We don't have any responses to the question there. I think it's time to get on now, get on with the show, because up next it's time for the Discord call-in, the chance where you can have your own voice on the show. You know, you've had your voice on the show throughout the whole thing. You've been able to speak at nauseam about what you want to speak about. But now it's time to actually be on the show, have your voice on the show. Your voice is in your vocal cords on the show. I've messed this up. <laughs> up next is the Discord call-in, where you can have a chance to be on the show by speaking. Yes, you can speak into a microphone. So that will be coming up in just a few short moments. But for now, we're going to be kicking off the music block with a track from Sega Saturn's Sonic Jam. So, from that game, this is the unique mode. This is the Sonic World mode, right here, on Radio Sega.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Call-In And welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega, playing you the music from Sega's lineup of compilation slash collections. What you just heard there was from the Sega channel, which was the um, basically the predecessor to um, online and the games on demand services. That was Boss Opera, which was the theme of October of the October and July months on the channel, which fun fact is apparently a beta comic zone track which was never used but it was eventually used on the Sega channel service and it was specifically confirmed to be used for the menu theme in those months. Um, for that we had Sonic Classics Collections menu theme and for that we had Sonic Jam's Sonic World and uh, Sonic Jam's menu theme is <laughs> Sonic, Sonic Classic Collections menu theme is actually a remix of Sonic Jam Sonic World so that's why we put them both back to back and honestly, I prefer the Sonic Classic Collection version. It's a MIDI done well. <laughs> it's a nice MIDI. I'll, I'll put it at that. Anyways, now time for the Discord call-in where you have a chance of being on the show. All you need to do is grab a microphone, join the chill-out at radioc.jf4.discord, and you have a chance of being on the show. And would you look at that? Who else is in the chill-out? None other than Jamie. And I'm going to tell him to turn his radio off right now because I'm not even going to bother. To, um, I'm not even going to bother to give him a warning, except this is enough of a warning because he can hear me right now. Hello, Jamie. Nice to hear you. Let's drag him on. <sighs> Welcome to the show, Jamie. How are you Hello, today? Man. I'm doing well. Good. <laughs> of course, joking. What would you like to talk about today? Uh, I say, say, obviously, uh, stay on the subjects of uh oh let me just mute the lady i thought i had it still on <laughs> Whoops. Uh, obviously stay on the topic of uh sega compilations we'll start off with the mega drive so it was uh was it uh many of the mega drive compilations on the menu screens had music that actually came from one of the games uh in that said compilation like uh sonic classics or sonic compilation had music from uh Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, uh, the very first one, which was, uh, was it Mega Games 1, had music from uh, World Cup Italia 90. Good choice as well. What a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than most FIFA games. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I, I can't remember what Six Packs actually is off the top of my head. I don't even think I downloaded the music to Six Pack in the end. Whoops. F- funny thing is about these Mega Mega Games One is uh, a family member of mine bought a Game Gear with several games, and inside the carrying case was three Mega Drive instruction manuals, and each of those games were featured in the Mega Games One, <laughs> <laughs> which was a good, good coincidence. <laughs> oh, um, Electric Boogaloo has pointed out the Genesis Six Pack uses. I, I'm gonna have to say this now, aren't I? Atropos from Columns. I thought it's Atropos. Atropos. It probably is. I don't know. Either way, it's one of those things where it's like 
is a Greek word, I can't pronounce it. Help me. Help me, listener. So anyway, yeah. back to the subject. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Sonic Classics actually brought in, uh, to my knowledge, a co- a one maybe two more glitches to uh, to the games instead of improving them. And they would be. There is a glitch in. Uh, there is a glitch in Sonic Two where do you remember like the fl- uh, the uh, conveyor belt lifts that lift you upwards? Yep. Uh, as soon as they uh, retract inside to the uh, into the Wind Fortress, uh, you can actually walk on air. Huh. <laughs> That's odd. And if I remember correctly, actually, m- slightly messed up the uh, like the level layout of the in the foreground. But then I think you could glitch through the uh, the, the graphics. <laughs> Glitches in a Sonic game. What? Sorry, all good so, silence. I was checking. Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was the case where many of these compilations were just you probably at the time those games that got so cheap they could just basically get the same amount of money selling them off in one collection. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I don't really know how to respond. But at least it brought some of the better games together. I think that's a good thing about like collections in general, though. They there's a few duds in there, but for the most part, they tend to pick the popular games. So it, it, in that case, it makes it more enticing to buy, which is obviously why they do it. But you know, they got the best intentions of making money possible. So we'll move a bit further to the present, and I don't know if you noticed me saying in the chat, but when you was talking about the Sega Ages 2500 games, the more than enhanced parts, the more remakes than parts. Yeah, I, I sort of messed up my words there. Like the Space Harrier one is definitely nothing like a port. It is definitely a remake. The Allware remakes, there was just a che- there was just cheap remakes since why you could get them for twenty five hundred yen. Yeah, they were <laughs> they're not the best from what I've seen of them, except the uh the, as I said, the Space Harrier one's the only one I really know about. The Space Harrier one had very nice music. The Golden Axe one has nice music as well. <laughs> is that where the budget went? Uh, actually yes, that is where the budget went, I can guess. <laughs> And then, how did they release them in the West for the first time? They put it in one collection called Sonic Earth, called the Sega Classics Collection, and they don't even release everything on that collection. Yeah, that I I almost bought that collection the other day actually, but I'm like, does this actually have anything I want to play on it? And I didn't even realise it had all those games on it. And I'm like, ah, no, I could I could have played the awful version of Space Area. I don't know. I actually do want to play it because I want to see uh, how Golden Axe and uh, what was it and uh, Super, I think Super Monica GP was on that True, uh, sorry just responding to something quickly in the chat the Radio Sega schedule is based on Western, Euro- or Western Europe time or British sales time most shows are, there is currently one show which isn't, which is Sega Addicts AM uh, the rest of us are all based in the UK or Portugal because Sega fans tend to be based in those two countries. And it doesn't matter if it's uh, Britain or Portugal because they're on the same time zone. Exactly, so aside from... Actually, 
Sunday Fun Day is um, well, yeah, Sunday Fun Day is on um, is the other show except that doesn't air at the moment. So there are technically actually there's technically three shows on our schedule that are um, run in America, which is RSN Live, Sega Addicts AM, and Sunday Fun Day. But two of those don't air very often, and one of them airs bi-weekly. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, moving back to what you were saying, Jamie. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> you've, you've done a me, I don't know how you've done this. I got distracted with time zones here. It's the damn time zones, they're the worst. Why do they have to exist? Thank you, Greenwich. Ah, yes, uh, back to the completions there. Uh, then you got the, uh, which was a uh, Sonic Classic Collection. Which must never be talked about, must never be played. I guess I give a quick explanation as to why it should never be played. Because it, like I think you said earlier, it runs on a homebrew gen- uh, Mega Drive emulator, and uh, due to the fact of the D- uh, the DS, it cannot give the right resolution, and because there's probably half ass to uh, do some work to it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, all, uh, if you enjoy the music from each of those games, um, the music sounds like, well, rubbish. Yeah, you've actually requested um, some Sonic Classic Collection music before. And, mm, yeah, it's something. <laughs> I only request them because I wanted to actually stay on topic. <laughs> <laughs> True, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> why must you do this to us, Jamie? They, they don't sound awful. Like, I've heard worse ports. <laughs> Sonic. I can't speak. Classic Smash Pack. But you oh, know, yeah. they're certainly not nice. Oh, yeah, and oh, with Sonic Classic Collection, they also butchered the games. Mm. Uh, one that took, out, uh, that, that took out the multiplayer features. Two that took out the standard pause features, which means you can only pause the emulation and not the game itself. And three, um, some of the screenshots are misleading. I remember this. Go ahead and give a quick um, overview. In the in the screenshot they use for Sonic and Knuckles, they actually have both Sonic and Knuckles on the same screen. Going against Eggman from Mushroom Hill Act 2. Let me look at this quickly. Um, just so I can cross reference this. Yep. Uh, in the manual. On, it's. Uh, I think it was on the back of the box, I think. Oh, it, it is on the back of the box, you're right. Yeah, and it was in the it was the um, it was in the collection's in-game uh, game selection menu screenshot. That is misleading, actually. You can. I'll, sort- I'll, I'll, I'll see. We've seen that. I thought. I thought. Right. They'll probably put in multiplayer features and enhance the ROMs so you can have such a multiplayer experience. But nope. I'm looking at this, and you can sort of see where they've actually photoshopped it. I think. Oh, uh, and there was one glitch. Um, should we say music error in uh, Sonic and Knuckles? Uh, when you actually fight an Act 1 bo- boss, it actually plays the uh, Sonic 3's Act 1 boss. 
actually, you you can see where they photoshopped it because they have cut off a slight part of the right of Knuckles' body. Yep. Good job, guys. Well done. <laughs> Couldn't even photoshop the your fake misleading box art right. Even 80s magazines could do that and do it better. Oh, yeah, and for Sonic 2, because it actually had a a proper in-game options menu, that is no longer accessible. Yeah, they basically removed um, all in-game sort of menus and instead replaced them with the... Well, minus the data select menu in Sonic 3, they removed them and um, just used the save state features on the bottom screen. Yeah, uh, and... Uh... And uh, Knuckles in uh, Knuckles the Echidna in Sonic 2 became Sonic 2 and Knuckles. I, I actually preferred that name, but that's just me. But then they made um, <laughs> then they changed the name of Sonic 3 and Knuckles to Knuckles and Sonic 3. So they just completely undid the change they just made to Sonic 2 and Knuckles. Uh, that was a. I got that on the DS, thinking I'm actually going to have somewhat of a decent experience on the Gurnets. I wasted my money. The the, be the best way to do it was um, quite obviously the best way in the day to play Sonic 3 Knuckles on the go was PSP homebrewed or, or modded. Nowadays it's 3DS modded. <laughs> you seem to need to have a modded console to do many basic things such as playing Mega Drive games because that is incredibly intensive and we can't have them doing that normally. You have to hack your console. And uh, if you don't mind touchscreen controls, emulation's gotten a lot better on Android devices. Yeah, that's true. They, they have got it has got a lot better, but I still think physical buttons are the way to go. And also, you get you get that lovely crisp screen, the resolution on 3DS. I don't know. I've gotten used to touchscreen controls now, thanks to the uh, remakes. But the and I can't remember the name of the emulator I'm using now on Android. But the D-pad is made in the same design as the PS1's D-pad. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's like big and bulky on the screen. I haven't found out yet if you can adjust the size, but but it's awkward. Yeah, it is. Um, what was I gonna? I was, oh yeah, this is gonna make people feel really old. <laughs> but I'm used to touchscreen controls, partly because by the time I sort of adjusted to gaming, touchscreen controls were quite common. They were sort of commonplace on the DS, and although that was a different type of touchscreen. I sort of played a lot of like iPhone games, or you know, games using an iPhone, and I sort of got used to touchscreen. Obviously, there's some stuff that doesn't work, like anything which requires multiple directions on a D-pad or anything that requires multiple buttons is obviously out of the question on a um, touchscreen. But stuff like Sonic One, I I don't get the complaint about that because that actually works really well on a touchscreen because all you need is just one direction and a jump button. Yep, and we were posting the fact that we are probably in uh, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine replaces Madao Monogatari's characters with Sonic ones. Well, now we all know. Yep, and then the good fact is, there is actually a Puyo Puyo game that plays like an RPG. I can't remember the name of it now. It's not. It's not a Mado Monogatari because that's a separate series, but there is yeah, there is a Puyo game that is an RPG as well. So they made an RPG of a series based on an RPG. Nice. I wanna play it it's was it out on the Sega Saturn? 
Yeah, uh, I can't remember the name of it. But unfortunately, Jamie, I'm going to have to push you off now. So, like, any final things you'd like to say? Or, like, ah, yes, it was good getting a non-Sega game actually relating to the topic forms. True, and it w- it wasn't a non it was a non-Sega game that wasn't Claw or Kid Icarus Uprising. <clears throat> but anyway, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, and the funny thing is, it relates to your other show that called the Zan's very first game was a Sega C64 port. Hmm, very, very true. <laughs> Action fighter. Awesome. Anyway, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Any final, final words? Uh, yes, um, I'll be on again next week, don't you, will I? Oh, thank goodness. I am so <laughs> thankful. Anyway, see you later, Jamie. See ya. And that was Jamie Six Four Three Two Six on the Discord calling. So thank you so much to him for calling in. And now it's time for the Toppy Mix. And the Toppy Mix is where I play you three tracks. One is a Sega track relating to the topic of the episode. One is a non-Sega track. Oh, it's not, one is a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. But that's a that's the third track. The second track is a remix relating to the topic of the episode. I'm going to start you off with a track which it's semi-related to the topic of the episode. This wasn't intentional. So uh, this is from 3D Fancy Zone 2, and that's because I actually really like this track. And I'm like, oh yeah, 3D Fancy Zone 2 was in Sega 3D Classics. Uh, so technically this is related, but I didn't mean it to be. So from Sega Fancy Zone 2, W, I don't know what the W's there. This is Endless Love, Loop Link Land, right here on the Topical Resort. Let's get scratching.
and welcome back to the final time to Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard that was from Mega Man X. Boo, Super Nintendo game. Boo. I love you really, Super Nintendo. You're the best console ever. Except you're not, because I, I like the Super Nintendo, but you know, it's not the best console ever by any means. But it's got some great games like Mega Man X. And you heard the opening stage from Mega Man X there. What a banging tune. I always go on about how much um, <laughs> Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing DS's version of Can You Feel the Sunshine sounds like something from Mega Man X. Now we have something to compare it to. Yes, um, and before that, from Sound of Sonic Stadium 2015, Tropical Paradise, sorry, Topical Paradise, haha, <laughs> we make that joke every time. That was Memories by Urban Flow, which is a remix of the history, um, not hasty, the history menu from <laughs> Sonic Mega Collection, sorry, I had a, a mind blank for a second there. Um, the song you're also listening to is got also quite ironically from Sound of the Sonic Stadium 2015, the song in the background right now. And kicking off a block there from 3D Fantasy and 2W, that was Endless Love, a Loop Link Land. A complete tune, if I do say so myself. And, um, yeah, before we end off the show, we've got a bit of spare time here. Um, <laughs> there's interesting stuff going on right now in the Discord. Basically, there's a massive talk about Compile and Puyo, or the original Puyo games, not the new Sega-made Puyo games. So, um... Long and short of it, um, th- there was talk about Compile. Or th- originally, there was talk about Puyo Puyo, and then there was talk about Compile, the company originally made it before Sega bought the license to Puyo in 2003. And um, then there was talk after um, Compile went bust in 2003, Compile came back as Compile Heart, a, um, an incredibly small company, probably never heard of them. You know, they made these things called the. Uh, the Hyper Neptunia games? I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, yeah, not sure if you've heard of them. Then they're, they're a very small franchise that, um, you know, s- sold millions of units. You know, that sort of small franchise. <laughs> yeah, but they, co- they co-developed the game. They didn't actually create it. They co-developed quite a lot of the games, including um, the one we love over here, the Hyper Dimension Neptunia versus Sega Hard Girls. We, we love that game because it, it's Sega. Yay, we, we love Sega in, it, over here. And in fact, that game has a great soundtrack. I've been pushing for that game soundtrack to be on the playlist for about two years now, and it, it still hasn't happened yet. But I, I want it to happen because it's such a great soundtrack. Let, let's put something on in the background because we've got a few spare minutes here. Never mind, I don't have the soundtrack, so we're not putting it on in the background. But um, I should probably actually round off this episode now, because we are getting a bit low on time. So, yes, we are a bit low on time, as I said. So, I have been Green Evaporate. Um, this has been Sega Compilations and Collections. We've been looking at the original music, and as well as the history of Sega Compilations. And we're now at the end. And that, that can only be one thing. You want to know what's coming next, don't you? Well... Why don't we take a look at something else that's quite a bit quirky, shall we say, except everyone talks about it, so it's not that unique. Why don't we talk about a bit of a Sega game, because I'm not saying it yet, which is made by the lovely Smile Bit. Why don't we talk about a rather funky game? Yes, because next week we'll be talking about the Jet Set Radio series. It's also a nice segue, because um, within the next few... um, or two weeks I'm gonna give it two weeks so next um, 
so Tuesday the 14th, I'm going to estimate the date as right now, is when I am currently aiming to do Radio Sega Presents Sonic Forces. Um, I still actually need to write this because um, I don't have a song list yet and I don't actually have the music yet. And on top of that, it's seeing if I can do that date, seeing whether other staff agree with that date. And um, as well as if they actually want me to do the show, that's the most important part. But yeah, the current the current thing is November 14th. I'm not going to make an official announcement about this yet until I have a more solid date um, in mind. But yes, be on the lookout for Radius Sega Presents Sonic Forces as well. So anyway, enough chit-chat. I have been Green Viper 8. You guys in the chat room have been Jamie. You have been Electric Boogaloo. You have been Doan. You have been um, Nikhil24RD. You have been Brass Saturday. You have been Myronos. And um, there are a few other people in here earlier. Uh, let's see if we can find them all. We, we also had the lovely Killer French Bread who has returned from the Radio Sega Dead. <laughs> it's one week late on that, I'm sorry. Uh, Doran is true. Rexy is coming up soon with Sega Mix Drive at 9pm playing you the best Sega remixes for the next two and a half hours. And she is very quirky, you'd be correct. But is she quirky or is she hyperactive? We may never know. I'm sorry, Rexy, but let's be fair. Let's be fair, I can, I can mock people when they're not listening. Ha 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 ha! Oh no, it turns out she's listening, that's quite bad. <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling now, as you can tell. Blah 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 blah. So, I will be seeing you next week with Jet Set Radio. I'll be seeing you soon with Radio Sega Presents Sonic Forces. But for now, I'm going to leave you with a track from Sonic Gems Collection. So, Sonic Gems Collection contained a number of remixes of uh, the games in. or a number of unique remixes of the games within the collection. One of these games was Sonic the Fighters, and this is a remix of the Advertise Mode. We, we've been talking about Advertise Modes a lot in this show, um, because that's quite a big part of collections, the Advertise Mode, because that's often the only unique music they have. So, a remix of Sonic the Fighters Advertise Mode from Sonic Gems Collection. This is Are You Brave? As for me, I'm not very brave, but I've been Green Viper 8, and thank you so much for listening to the show. I will see you again next week, but as always, stay topical.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.